What's up, everybody? Once again, this is Word of a Rebel, and we're speaking during the coronavirus response and all the things that that means. Um, So, you know, one of the things that's coming from this is that a lot of people are learning how vitally important it is to, you know, keep up good hygiene, to wash hands, to not expose others to viruses and things of that nature. Um, Things that were formerly only really vitally important to healthcare workers, um, having worked as a social worker in the healthcare industry um, and also a a trainer within the healthcare industry, um, one of the things that is always, always preached about and preached about is proper hand washing techniques, proper sanitation techniques when cleansing surfaces. Also, you know, the, the vital importance of, of if a person, like a healthcare worker, um, is, is sick, um, there are certain measures that have to be taken and there's a certain time frame where that person has to self-isolate and not be around their co-workers and their patients that they tend to. Um, and now we're doing this on basically a global scale. It has become vitally important to understand that. So in some ways, this becomes um, an important turning point in how we socialize and how we think about our own bodies in connection to the community around us. So I'm wondering how much of a, um, more of a shared interest, more of a uniting of our shared concerns this will create because whether or not you like a person, it becomes obvious that if you want to protect yourself from illness and you want to protect the people that you love from illness, um, that you have to abide by these things in, in an everyday context. Because before something like coronavirus existed, we still had very vulnerable communities who were being impacted by contagious disease. And it, of course, you know, it wasn't something that could affect people of all ages. And so, but that's one of the things that has struck me about this. It's like comparing my experiences working with people in the long-term care community and other, um, you know, high-risk communities. Um, beforehand, it was only those high-risk communities that were at grave danger of things like flu, for example. And I feel like in a way this virus has put all of us as a potential at-risk person because you don't know which person, for example, in their 20s or 30s is going to not have symptoms versus the person who's possibly going to die, end up on a ventilator at least. You know, there's no, at this point, we don't have the research to say what is the difference, what protects one 25-year-old but doesn't protect the other. Like, what is it exactly about this virus and the way that it responds to the human body? So what it has done is it has put us all in the same situation as our 85-year-old, you know, grandparent or great-grandparent. Now you're just as vulnerable as they are. And in a way, um, that's a positive takeaway. We have now become just as vulnerable as them. Um, You know, there were certain people, anybody who's ever tended to an elderly person, whether it was someone in their own family or someone in a hospital or long-term care um, situation can tell you, how important it is to be cautious and to protect them uh, because things that, you know, like the flu that might give you just, you know, body aches and pains and runny nose and a headache um, could, you know, kill them very quickly. Um, and so now, you know, it's like we've all been put on, uh, on task with this one. 
So if anything, you know, I hope that this actually reduces the the unhealthy um, practices that existed. Because, you know, a lot of us, we clown about the person who goes to the bathroom and then doesn't wash their hands because, yeah, it's gross. But prior to this, it was just like, ew, you're going to go around touching the world with you know, the things that came out of your body still being on your hands, but it's bigger than that now. Now it's not a joke anymore. Now it's like, okay, if you're not washing your hands, not only after the bathroom, but if you're not washing your hands before you prepare food, uh, maybe you go out into the store and then you come home and you pick up your child or you hug your grandparent. What is it that you're possibly transmitting? So I'm hoping that with the great fear that coronavirus has brought, that we at least see uh, an increase in hygiene, proper hygiene, proper methods of uh, protecting ourselves and those we love, uh, and also hopefully uh, maybe a decrease in how often not only coronavirus, but a decrease in the number of deaths related to flu viruses, for example, um, and other you know contagious diseases. I, I hope that that's what we see from this, um, if, if nothing else. You know, on the other side of it, Y'all, this is really heartbreaking. There's been so many people that have died. Um, and a few people that I knew well, a few people connected to um, some close friends of mine. Uh, you know, and it's it's just heartbreaking because these were people who um, had, they, they probably would have lived, you know, one of them in particular, easily she could have lived for another 20 years and she's passed away. Uh, one of the others, you know, he was older, he was 85, but he wasn't nearing death yet. He still had years left to live. And he was someone um, whose life work every year was impacting people. And so now he has been removed. And the person that I'm speaking of, the 85 year old, is Ellis Marcellus. And if you know anything about the Marcellus family and the way that they worked, not only with the music community, but the community at large, you understand how great of an impact this man had every year of his life. Um, so an 85 year old's life is always just as valid. It's no one else's right to put that person at risk. Um, that 85 year old, whatever days that person had left, uh, was an opportunity for them to experience an opportunity for them to teach. And so, you know, whether this, whether the person who passes away was the 17 year old that passed away recently in new Orleans or the 85 year old Ellis Marcellus, both of those lives are lives that have been removed and you know whoever these people are around the world who are not abiding by the stay-at-home order you're the reason why it's continuing you're the reason why stay-at-home orders have to be extended because you're still transmitting the disease you're you you're out here saying oh I'm frustrated I got to get out the house let's go have a party well because of you and your little crew that's going out there, we have more cases continuing. See, what happens is, this is how this works. A virus cannot exist unless it has a host to keep it alive. So if everybody who has the coronavirus right now, some of you don't have symptoms, some of you are in the hospital and we are sending our prayers and our positive energy and positive vibes to you, but there's plenty of you out there who don't have symptoms. You don't even know that you're a carrier. But here's the beautiful thing. If everybody 
regardless of whether you have symptoms or not, very simply abides by social distancing and staying home as much as possible, guess what happens in a month? In one month, the virus could potentially be done away with. That's the reality. Because if everybody who's a carrier doesn't go out into the world to transmit it, it dies. It has a life cycle. It cannot duplicate. It can't do anything else once it dies. So if you're not sharing it with the next person, within that life cycle of that virus, it's just going to die. That's the end of the story. We can actually get rid of this virus if we just simply self-isolate. It's very, very simple. Quite simple. And when you go out into the community, making sure that you have things like hand sanitizer, uh, you know, rubbing alcohol is a good replacement for that. Um, wiping down, you know, your surfaces, um, making sure that you're properly cleaned. Um, and, and also be aware it's not just our hands. Like, for example, if you go out into the community, um, the, the clothing that you wore you honestly should go ahead and take that off and put it in the dirty clothes hamper so that it can be properly washed. The reason being is that the virus lives, all viruses, not just this one, all viruses are able to exist on fabric for a certain span of time. And it's different depending on the virus. So what you should do is your outside clothes, you should go into the bathroom and change those immediately um, so that they can be properly washed. Because what if you hug somebody with the shirt that you wore out in the community. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't have coronavirus. That's a cough. <laughs> Jokes aside though, y'all, like if you hug your grandma or if you hug your, uh, your, your lover, your partner, okay? Because once again, it's not just our grandparents. If you hug your partner, if you hug your child and their face happens to touch the fabric, you might've just transmitted the virus to them because it was still living on the fabric. What if they just put their hands on your clothing item and then touch their face or eat something because they didn't see your clothing as a contagion, possibly? You see what I'm saying? Like, we just have to take the proper precautions. It does not mean that you should be overly fearful. No, you should not be overly fearful. And I'm so irritated and frustrated right now with any media outlet that is allowing information to go out that's not clear. Okay, and I'm not even talking about like, you know, your CNNs and your Fox Newses. I'm talking also about local radio stations and TV stations, y'all. There was a local radio station. I'm going to refrain from calling out their name, but they were interviewing somebody and I forget who he was because I was halfway listening at this point when they introduced him, but he proceeds to say that 20% of the people who get the virus are dying. And if you've been paying attention, you know, that's a lie. It's anywhere from 2 to 3%, depending on what part of the world you're talking about. 2 to 3%. And then he further clarified his point. He was saying, um, well, let me, let me break it down for you with the numbers. 10% of Americans would be 30 million. So you know what 20% is? 60 million. That's a verbatim quote. This man was on the radio station in New Orleans saying that 20% of people who get the virus were going to die. And it's bullshit. Now... We do have to be cautious because, you know, two to three percent of our population is still a lot of people. And obviously, if you've been paying attention and if you're in one of the more the communities that have been hardest hit, the cities that have been hardest hit in the countries, um, you might even know some people who've died just like I did. You see what I'm saying? 
So it is still worthwhile. We do still have to be diligent. We do still have to follow the proper precautions. You don't have to live in a state of fear because just like any other obstacle, any other barrier that you face, all things have a way of being overcome. And we do have the answers. The thing is, we need those of y'all who are not listening to start recognizing that you got to stay your ass at home and you have to take proper precautions because if y'all would have been taking proper precautions, we could get out of this faster, but y'all don't want to so much be bored and shit and be defiant and shit. Y'all not just putting yourself at risk. You keeping all of us under these stay at home orders because y'all can't stop spreading coronavirus and y'all think y'all not, but y'all are. How do you think this thing is getting around? It don't have legs. It can't walk. The shit can't fly. It's just as uh, controlled by gravity as we are. That thing is going to float in the air for about three hours and land on something. And if you're not there to be landed on, you're not transmitting it. Hallelujah. Very simple. Obviously, I'm frustrated. And the point needs to be made. So if you know anybody who says, oh, I'm going to go to such and such place because I'm just tired of being out... In, in the house all the time and they're not talking about being by their damn self check their ass we're gonna have to because some of these fools out here are refusing to listen so like i said once again this is not to be fearful this is not to allow for paranoia to take hold it's just be realistic be cautious use precautions and share the information that is valid stop sharing information that has these outlandish claims. Um, do not share those things. They are not helping anything. They're causing more paranoia. You'll have to understand, there are people out there who create fake content and extreme claims because they get paid for every time you click their website. So their whole business model is to misinform, to strike fear, to strike anger, because the longer they keep you angry, the longer and fearful, the longer you're going to stay on their website and the more money they're going to make out of causing you unnecessary fear. Now, if you like being fearful, I guess go ahead and have fun. But who the hell wants to be in fear all the time? What's wrong with y'all? Stop sharing information that is extreme. You need to check that shit. Majority of the time that I've checked, I fact-checked a lot of people's posts just, just to see what was going on, why, how quickly I could find the information. So I see these extreme claims and then I do a quick search of a few reliable sources. I cross check it across a different couple of different sources. It usually takes me five minutes to find out that the entire information was completely false or it was twisted. It was twisted into being something that it wasn't. For example, it has always been known that um, people with Down syndrome and those with dementia, uh, that it's hard to um, get them to keep a ventilator on um, because they don't understand fully what's going on. Now, in the healthcare community, it's already understood, and so there's certain measures that are put into place, and sometimes the person has to be moderately sedated um, in order to make sure that they don't take the ventilator off. It doesn't mean that you don't use the ventilator. It means that you have to take proper precautions to make sure that they don't take it off. The same thing is true of small children. They don't understand. It's the same thing with IVs, though, y'all. Like, this is not something new. Like, we have to take proper precautions when we put an IV in someone who might be either mentally compromised in some form or fashion, not fully able to understand the situation. 
Uh, but the healthcare professionals are not going to refuse treatment to a person because of that. They're still going to be given equal proper care. You understand? So when I saw this article being posted, I immediately cross-checked it across a couple sources and found out that the only thing that had ever been communicated was just that if um, if you have to use a ventilator on someone who is in some way mentally compromised to take proper precautions to make sure that they don't remove the ventilator. And then that was twisted by this, you know, spammy website and they said that they weren't going to treat them. That's the kind of BS that we don't need. All that's doing is creating unnecessary fear. And one of the reasons why I begin so angry about this is because there are some legitimate things that we really have to fight against in this world. There's plenty of that. But if your energy is spread out across all of this bullshit, you ain't got enough energy to go after the things that we should be attacking. You feel me? Like, you got to think about that. You, you by fact-checking, you conserving your own energy and the energy of the people who would have seen your content whenever you shared it. Conserve that energy for the valid fights. Fact-check that shit. Don't work yourself up and don't work up the, the, the spirits of people who are following your information. Fact-check that shit. So that's it for my coronavirus rant today. I don't know if I'm going to do another one. I just had to get some things off of my chest. Take proper precautions. Check the asses of anybody who's not following the proper precautions. And fact-check everything before you share it. The more extreme that it seems, the more likely it is to be false. As always, this is Word of a Rebel. I'm sending all of you guys positive energy, positive vibes. May the creator of all things be with everyone. You know, find ways to find joy, find ways to find peace. Matter of fact, that might be the next episode. Just kind of sharing information on, on what we've been doing in my household and what other people have been sharing. Um, keep up that positive energy. You know, share, connect, communicate. You know, use Zoom, use Google Meet tap in check in with people you know um we can get through this like it's without a doubt you know we can absolutely get through this and we can defeat the virus because it needs us to exist so we have the power in this situation once again this is word of a rebel peace